Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. Are you feeling like your brain is on? My brain is on. It's back on? Mm-hmm. You turned it on? I hit, it was unplugged. All right. Yeah. Um, all right, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, joined by Mike Coscarelli. Thank Hello. you, Mike, for producing the show and being so amazing. Ah, uh, you're too kind. Okay, very nice. <laughs> Our guest today is Anna Dresden. Thanks for being here, Anna. Thank you for having me. Very good. You are speaking fluidly and wonderfully. I'm just reading the script you gave me. That's great. Yeah. So now you go on and talk about my eyes. Ben Kissel, good eyes, I say, and address. Are you literate? No, 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 no. I usually it's, write with crayons. Most of the script is drawings <laughs> yes. of yourself. <laughs> I love it. Anna, this is an interview show, and you said, mm-hmm. what are we going to talk about? I said, it's all about you, and then you texted back, me, um, which is very exciting. Yeah. So let's see. Let's begin at the beginning. Okay. What were you like in utero? What kind of fetus were you? Great. Solid fetus. Solid fetus? Yeah. All put together? 10 out of 10. Mm. One of the best fetuses around? I mean, I don't want to get competitive about it, but Mm -hmm. I think I was good to have inside of a person. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was a solid tenant. That's great. As a fetus, what were your thoughts? Were your beliefs in the world? Um, Sort of nihilistic. Yeah. Really selfish. Mm -hmm. Did not care for spicy food. Oh. Um, Yeah. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a boy from the Midwest. Where are you from? I'm from Long Island. Ooh. The opposite of the Midwest. It is. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of a, you're a native New Yorker. I definitely say that to people vaguely sometimes. That's great. And it's fair. It's cool because, I mean, New York City is so bizarre because most people aren't actually from the state or the, or the area. So you, It's true. It's kind of a cool thing to be. Yeah. Well, you can really tell from those seamless web uh, subway ads that yes. are like... Or like the the Febreze ads that are like carrying two slices of Sicilian pizza <laughs> is a real bum bum. You're like that's not. <laughs> no one who's from New York would identify yeah. with that. But the people who just moved here two seconds ago are like, "Well, that's me. Yeah, I'm a bum it. bum. Are we saying that?" Bum bum. That's yeah. the funniest thing. When I first got to uh, Brooklyn, well, not when I first got. I've been here for nine years, and about uh, five years ago, there was a massive trend: the pickleback trend. Picklebacks. Picklebacks. Everyone was going pickleback crazy. They couldn't get enough of the pickleback. And I'm looking at all these model types, these, uh, you know, uh, gals who are theoretically very uh, attractive to the eye. Mm -hmm. And they were like, let's do picklebacks. And uh, I'm from Wisconsin, and we've been doing picklebacks since before it was cool. And it's just a white trash redneck thing to do. It's the sort of thing you do when you have not left the house in a few days. And you just found a flask. Of mm. something. Evan Williams or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm. Or like, uh, what's the other one? John, Jim Beam. Jim Beam, yeah. John Beam. John Beam <laughs> was his nicer. much more successful yeah, brother. Yeah, that's the Jim Beam, the black label of Jim Beam. Yeah. Jonathan Beam. Uh, James B. <laughs> so you have people coming to New York uh, and being like bringing their culture, such as the Wisconsin pickleback. I firmly believe it was caused by people who were transplants uh, here. Do you feel a little bit of a uh, get out of my town? Do you no. ever feel that way? Um, no, not really. The only way I feel about that is when I read articles about how foreign billionaires are buying uh, most of our housing and then not living in it. That yes. makes me be like, get out of my town. That's like the only time I'm like, <laughs> you goddamn German person. It's always like, a German person. Yeah. And they're like, I give to charity. And you're like, all right, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mostly am jealous of people who have hometowns. Yeah. Because you can do comedy there. And then you sort of, you have that little Petri dish. And then you come here and then you can go home and do shows. Yeah. But if I were to go home and do shows, it would be like at Governor's. Oh, and yeah. they would like pronounce my name wrong and give me a five minute set and then be like, Ah, you're sweet. And be like, I'm better than all of you. It's just that everyone in here is a actual piece of trash. Yeah, well, they enjoy sweatpants and they like they like windbreakers, but they don't exercise. It's true. So I just weird. have realized how conservative Long Island is. They just don't yeah. want to listen to women talk ever. And is if that you right? do, it has to be like, oh my God, my God, my God. and they're like, she's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm at my nails. Oh my God. I love that bit. That's, That's one of my favorite bits that you do. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's most of my bits. Yeah. My nail. 
She's, like, she's you, choking on her tongue. We love her. Long Island, New York, is considered obviously a very liberal city. But what people don't understand is once you get out of New York City proper, it does turn into a little bit more of a uh, rural place. You know, I was I did a show upstate recently, and driving up there, I saw a Confederate bumper stick, Confederate mm-hmm. flag bumper stickers, and things like that. And it was just as rural as uh, as parts of Wisconsin. Did you find growing up in Long Island? What was the culture like there? Um, it wasn't rural. It was just sort of, uh, it felt like, I remember having the realization when I was 10 about how lucky I was to be born in the best place in the entire world. Oh, okay. Um, which kind of tells you what Long Island thinks of itself. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. confident. Yeah. Um, I only recently I've started to get a sense for, because I've just took it for granted when I was there. Like, oh, this is just how life is. But now right. looking back, I'm like, my town is very Republican. Like, my yeah district is our state our representative is peter king sure yeah who says like muslims are all guns and like everyone <laughs> claps I'm like my mom votes for him she's a registered democrat yeah both my parents yeah um so the politics are a little bit more hawkish. They're super and, hawkish. Yeah. Everyone, it's like real racist, in a, but like in a light way. Well, and even if they're not, it's like your town is 97% white. There's right. no way you're not racist, even if you don't mean to be. It's just like a very regressive, like I was at a family barbecue and like chimed in on a political debate. And every, it was just like, I realized that none of my other female cousins would ever talk about official-ish things, quote-unquote. Oh, I see. With men. That's just not something that's done. It's not something that's valued. And it's, like, shocked me. This was Memorial Day. Yeah. That, like, women there are just not people. (laughs) But, like, in a really casual, fine way. So, I mean, they don't do... Do you feel like the women there when you were growing up, um, was it difficult to find a strong female role model or somebody that you could aspire to be? Because they were a little bit more... um, uh, I guess complicit in the uh, in sort of the uh, the gender roles uh, of Long Island, very you know sort of traditional gender roles. I guess so. I mean, there were definitely amazing women in my life all the time, uh, and not to shit on their choices, which I absolutely just did. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was really no one who was like, uh, you know, ever going to be any kind of obstruction to anything. Like, everyone right. is just very much making nice, moving things along. And as a young girl, were you, um, I mean, I know certainly myself. and When you were a young girl. When I was a young girl. Horrifying. Mm. Oh, I was, always, I, was the, I was the world's most beautiful young girl. And everybody said, look at those boobs. And I said, thank you. Um, <laughs> they gave you a, just a jar of pickle juice. And I was like, can I have some whiskey with this? And they're like, not until you're 12. And I said, <laughs> and okay. everyone laughed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm going to become an alcoholic. And they're Yay. like, no, okay. Um, <laughs> they were you... like, what's that word mean? <laughs> exactly. And Wisconsin is yeah. just a person. <laughs> yeah. You're just an adult. You're not yep. an alcoholic. Um, were you always, uh, were you a louder child? Were you always like uh, trying to express your opinions and things like that? And did you find that to be, um, if you were, did you find that to be uh, thought of as off-putting? No, I was very quiet. You were. I was the kid who, I I feel like there's like the class clown, and then there's the other kid who like whispers the joke to his friend when the teacher's back is turned, and then the friend laughs, and then the friend gets in trouble. Like that was what I would do, was just sort of like quietly say funny things to people I knew wouldn't, uh, that it was like a safe audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I did a lot of performance stuff. Like I was in dance and gymnastics and karate and um, yeah, that was sort of my like, my older brother has learning disabilities, so this is how I get attention from people. <laughs> what's your what's the uh, what's the highest belt you got in uh, karate? I got up to Niku, which Ooh, is a Niku. second degree brown belt. Ooh, could have gotten a black belt if I hadn't been. Uh, I don't know if things were different. Mm. It ain't right. It's too much. Yeah. What, what's uh, your older brother? He has a disability. What disability? Oh, is he's that? fine. He's got. He's just got. Uh, you know, some a light Aspergers. But who doesn't? You know. I don't know. I don't know who doesn't. He's got. Yeah, that and other other things. Not to blow up his spot too much. No, it doesn't matter. We're he not rules. here to talk about him. No, if you met him at a party, you'd be like, that guy knows a lot about Ub Iwerks, who was the predecessor to Walt Disney. You wouldn't be like, <laughs> he's so brave. It's so good to see you out. Like you'd just be yeah. like, that guy is super fun. And he only drinks cider. Ooh, I love cider. Yeah, I can't get enough of it because you're getting your you're getting your fruit in the apple, yeah. but then you're also getting rum. You mm-hmm. have to have rum in cider, right? What? Yeah, you don't you don't always put rum in cider. Ben. Hmm. Ben. Hmm. Ben. Am I drunk? 
Ben is just... Oh, right. Okay. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm sorry. I was just a little busy thinking about rum cider. Mm, is that something it. that people do? Oh, yeah. You always have to mix rum with cider. Otherwise, you're just drinking an apple. Why are you looking at me all weird? Wait. Is that... You put rum in cider and you put whiskey in Coke. These are mixers. These aren't drinks that stand, stand alone. Anna, let's move on. How was, let's see, Long Island. You do comedy. You're a stand-up comedian and you do sketch no, comedy No, don't change also. the subject. You're talking about apple cider. I'm talking about cider beer. Oh, I see. Okay, I was now so... Now we can be back I on the same page. I would have been at a true ass at a bar and been like, could I have like the reds, but like with mm. whiskey? I love a good cider. Cider beer, rum cider, and it's summertime, so have a cold cider, and in the winter, have it warm. Mm. All right. I'm glad we figured that out. What were you saying? I don't know. Let's talk I'm about sorry. what's the, let's see, your parents. Were they nice? Do you hate them? Do you want to murder them? They're so great. I do want to murder them. That's good. But only to protect them from the devil. Oh, of course. Yeah. You're a good daughter. I'm the only adult child who's drowned her to fully able parents to save them from the devil. Mm. You never know when the kid's telling the truth, though, when they murder their entire family. Like, the devil made me do it. Maybe yeah. they, maybe that child just saved them from a fate worse than death, which is an eternity in hell. You know what? It's a lot of he said, she said. I wasn't there. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, no, they're great. They're wonderful. They're still married. And they are supportive and... Everything there is pretty boring. I'm seeing Billy Joel in concert with my dad tonight. Let's talk about that. Billy Joel. Right below where we sit. Oh, right here in Madison Square Garden. Beautiful. The World Arena. Is that what they call it? I think so. The so world's greatest arena. World's the greatest. Wor- and it's not anymore. I'm a New York Knicks fan, and I've seen 10 games there. They've lost uh, all but one. And uh, I'm very disappointed in Madison Square Garden, and I don't like what no. it represents, and I don't like what it is. You don't like the renovation? No, the renovations are terrible here. What happened, there's a man named James Dolan, and he is the uh, prime example of nepotism gone wrong. His father, uh, I believe it's Jim Dolan. James Isn't Do- that the bish, the cardinal? No, that is, yes, it is, Ugh. but it's different Dolans. Those Irish. You can't tell them apart. God. One Irish man is the bishop. The next one is ruining, ruining the New York Knicks it's franchise. really disgusting. It is disgusting. And I, you know, as far as we, let's talk about that in a second. Uh, James Dolan is nepotism. His father owned the Knicks. He got it, just gifted to him. Some kids get like, you know, spinal bifidus or arthritis from their father. And he got uh, the New York Knicks and he's ruining that franchise. They did renovations last, uh, about two years ago. And all they did was put uh, T-shirts behind uh, glass frames. That's it. If you go there, the only new thing is they have a bunch of old FDNY t-shirts, and they put them in glass frames. And that's the whole renovation. Yeah, it doesn't the, really look much different. It sucks. Yeah. I, it, it, it's an awful thing. James Dolan should literally be stripped of all of his money, all of his finances, and if he so wants to be a rock and roll god because he has a little rock and roll band, he should be forced to have to make money just through music alone and uh, stop moonlighting like he's an actual artist. And actually, his rock and roll band, when the, when a band that he likes comes to play the garden like the i think he opened for the eagles he opened oh my god so he puts himself in the opening spot he is such a i i hate the white privilege is wealth privilege uh white privilege wealth privilege every privilege uh every privilege this little fat uh boy has and now he gets to make himself open for the eagles upsetting anytime an evil rich person wants something that's kind of homespun it breaks my i can't it just hurts like george bush's paintings yeah yeah that like i get overtaken by this sense of uh empathy and secondhand embarrassment and it's just too tender for me yeah. like i can't like they're just such evil warlords like i don't care who you are you can't be that rich without like having seen someone die Oh, I you know? mean, I think that's, yeah, that's definitely yeah. part of it. You get to go to uh, snuff parties and things like that, you yeah. know, where you see people murdered on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, Of course. I mean, it's we part got of to, it. Yeah, we got to see it on on news, and we still get to see it every single day in it's the true. great country, the U.S. of A. Uh, we get to see people die on a regular basis, exactly. which is maybe why we are uh, so wealthy in the grand scheme of things. Even though we're poor in our country, yeah. we're rich in other countries. It's true, yeah. So just, I mean, they're evil, but anytime they, like... Uh, I, I, I want to make music. I got watercolors. It just absolutely yeah. shatters my heart. Yeah, we're going to go. We invaded Iraq, but I got watercolors. I painted dog. Ma- I like, painted dog. It makes me feel a little bit woozy. What are your thoughts on this new pope? You know, because I'll tell you, people are going pope crazy. They can't get enough of this guy. And it's really just because he's slightly less hate-filled than the other pope who was a Nazi. Um... <laughs> 
Pope Benedict, <laughs> um, who had to set, step down because uh, he's a bit of a swastika lover. Um, this new pope came out and said we need to love the environment, and uh, it's you know it's our, it's our sacred duty. I forget the name of the the thing that he wrote, but it's some important thing in the Catholic Church. Um, what do you think about the new love affair with the with this new pope? He's still against birth control, against uh, you know he's obviously not a pro choice person. Um, what do you think about him? I think he's great. I love cool pope. Um, cool Pope is so much funner than other Popes. I wish that he had been a Pope when I was a kid because uh, I grew up Catholic. You did. My mom's Catholic and my dad is Jewish and I'm in therapy. Oh my God. You got, you got a Broadway show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but that was something I loved going to church and it was really important to me. But it was also like this feeling in the back of my head like, Oh, and my dad's going to hell. Okay, cool. Let's go to Dairy Queen. Like, I can't, I can't think yeah. about that. So, um, so, and he's said a lot of stuff about like, if you're a good person, you know, that's not my place to say that you're not going to heaven. The the Which, new cool pope. Yeah, he said that yeah. about a year or so ago, and that right. people like lost their shit. Um, yeah. And uh, he's not condemning everybody to hell. It's great. Cool it's great. Pope. Like this guy that we give all the gold to is <laughs> yeah. like not saying. So I wish he had been around when I was. Does a kid. your does your mother as a Catholic woman and obviously a strong Catholic woman because that was the faith that you were raised in? And I would assume your Jewish father was like, maybe we should do something like no, no, it's Catholic. Oh no, they let me choose. Really? Yeah, it's sort of like when uh, and you chose Catholicism. Yeah, over, it's like when uh, they the put Jewish the Broncos faith. with one like two bowls of food and have the puppy go to one of them and that like predicts. The, how does sports work? Anyway, That's pretty much um, it, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> sort of like that. Um, and to me at the time, it was like, okay, well, this one is uh, a burger, and this one is a cheeseburger. Mm. So I'm going with the cheeseburger, and Jesus is cheese. What was uh, it about Catholicism that you initially really enjoyed? I mean, obviously, they, they love uh, the Virgin Mary. Yep. And uh, so there is some strong female um, people in the church. Yeah, she was sort of... Uh, uh, sort of raped from the inside out yes. by Rape. the Holy Spirit. Beautiful, <laughs> super strong teenage girl, old husband throughout the desert, gave birth in a literal trough. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. I love her so much. You have to rewrite the Bible. Oh, girl, the vibe girl. Yeah. Bib- what was it about the Catholic? Because I, oh. I went to Catholic school. I mean, I grew up evangelical. I went to Catholic school. Oh, yeah? And there were some fun things about it. I mean, I love the showmanship of it. I love the statues and the architecture of it. I love all the wine. Wine's great. I love, yeah, the art from it. I still have, like, a little triptych with Virgin Mary on it in my yeah. house and, like, a little Medjugorje thing that my aunt brought back. Yeah. Um, I love the process of eating the body of Christ. I always just eat the middle. So I'm eating his dick. I'm eating the cry. I just eat the middle of it. Mm. I'll never forget um, my friend. Uh, uh, his name was Pete at the time, and it still is. Uh, he was good. he was the what are they called? The altar boy. And uh, so, of course, he was in charge of getting the wine ready and whatnot for, for a uh, Father Steve, a closeted homosexual man, uh, who introduced me to the great movie The Exorcist. Who, so I'll always thank him oh, for that. No, that's like his. That's like when in, uh, archaeologists watch Indiana Jones. Dude, it was, I had the best, I love horror movies very, very much, and I had the best exorcist experience ever. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of class, all we did was study real exorcisms, and this is a (gasps) priest who believes that this stuff is true. Thursday and Friday, we watched The Exorcist. No! Swear to God. Your mother sucks cocks in hell? Your mother sucks cocks in hell! Well, that's the devil talking. And uh, the devil is sort of like Andrew Dice Clay, um, apparently. I was a I was a freshman in high school. Hickory dickory duck. Yeah. Mother sucks cocks in hell. Um, <laughs> it was the best experience ever. Everyone was terrified. I was so scared. Anyway, uh, that was Father Steve. So thank uh, thank you for that, Father Steve. Wherever yeah. you are. So that's what drew you to um, horror movie. Yeah, and yeah. things like that. There Last podcast on the left, the great. Uh, a show that I do on Cave Comedy Radio, we discuss a lot of the macabre and things like that. So Father Steve was definitely one of those people that inspired such thought. Good, good, good. I was backstage, uh, which I guess is what this, what it, what it is, and my friend uh, Pete, who was in charge of the wine, was pouring it into the chalice that then the priest would uh, make into Jesus's blood because mm-hmm. that is real. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. It was Ziffen, Zinfandel, Franzia Zinfandel wine. And at that moment, I realized God wasn't real. That's and it not was altar all- wine. It is altered. That's what it was. It was no! a ba- it was a bagged wine. It was a it was a bag of wine. He was pouring a bag of wine. Oh, well, you're evangelical, so you're not real Christian. So no, this no. was a Catholic church. Catholic church. Yes. What is what's a, what's the wine supposed to be? They have altar wine. 
this was coming out of a bag. God. And I swear to God, it was Franzia. God bless. God bless. That. Poor God church. Bless. To be Poor. fair, too, this is the middle of the country. Yeah. No, Wisconsin. I'm sure Franzia was, like, very exciting. Oh, my God. If it comes in a box, yeah, that's good wine. That's yeah. table wine. Table wine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, I mean, I decided to start the process to become Catholic when I was six. Oh, my God. Which, like, six-year-olds are not theologians no they're not great at that um so for me the the balance was like well wearing ashes on my head on ash wednesday is extremely embarrassing (laughs) and i was a kid who was very easily embarrassed and it ruined my whole brain uh and or i didn't feel like learning hebrew because i thought that you had to be fluent in hebrew if you wanted to go down the jewish path jewish i was like that sounds hard so i guess i'll go with this one because the uh, Catholicism is just Judaism plus Jesus, right? Right, right. So right. I sort of chose to be to feel bad about everything all the time. So you must have been a pretty smart six year old to have, have a rational thought of being like, I'm going to become a Catholic because I believe certain things. I believe the tenets of the Catholic. Did you church. not just hear what the it was like? I like Hebrew hard. Yeah, but that's um, difficult. I mean, when I was six years old, I was too busy. Like, if I fart on the kid, will he be mad? You know, that's what I was always thinking about. Turns out they I, were. I always upset. If you meant, fart on a child, they always get upset. I was hoping you meant like a baby goat. No, no. Oh. Baby goats love it. Do they? Yeah. Mm, that was, that's what makes them scream. Mm. <laughs> I would kill to be at a petting zoo at any point. I love a good petting zoo, although it's <sighs> terrifying and the animals are all full of bugs. But anyway, yeah. when did you um, finally have, because you were you said you were a bit of a shy person, and obviously you didn't want to be embarrassed and you would whisper jokes, when did you decide to take the stage and let the whole world know who Anna Dresden is? Um, I, um, never. Uh, never I've, been on stage? Never. You're not uh, even here right now? No, I'm not. I'm Skyping in. Um, but no, I, uh, I started doing improv in ninth grade. Oh, okay. We had an improv, well, I started watching Whose Line Is It Anyway, and that was sort oh. of- life-changing for me as I'm sure it was for every other important artist mm-hmm. um yeah and I just noticed that the women were a lot quieter on the show and mm. I was like I'm going to be not the quiet woman I am <laughs> going to be loud or not loud but like talk um <laughs> have an opinion and be looking, a person yeah looking yeah. back at it I'm like you know what I'm sure it was difficult to get a word in edgewise when they book you once in seven up like in the entire season and then you're on there with you know, loud assholes. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I, we had an improv club for a little bit oh my and goodness. then it was immediately disbanded because a cute boy from another school showed up and said the F word in our first show. And then we never were oh my a God. group ever again. Not an, not an edgy group then. No. So guys, lesson learned, even if he's a cute boy from Farmingdale, don't let him in your improv show. Oh my God. Cause he'll say the F bomb. And we can even say it because yeah. you, you can. It was was it fuck? It was fuck. He said fuck. He said fuck. Oh my um, god! And our first show was in the uh, intermission of the annual lip sync contest, <laughs> so people weren't even really paying attention. Long Island lip sync contest. Yep. So there's somebody sitting at home right now in Long Island, staring at the television and just bitterly whispering. I remember when I was the lip sync champion of Long Island. Nobody mm-hmm. remembers me anymore, but I'm the lip sync champion of Long Island. God damn it! Yeah. What and a hero. Just- Face into the box of Waffle Crisp. If you thought karaoke was bad, limp, lip, limp, limp sync. Limp syncing. That's where you lip sync only to Limp Bizkit. Mm, I love limp syncing. <laughs> that's perfect. Lip syncing. Like that's that's much worse. That's worse than an air guitar competition. I mean, yeah. I mean, it has its roots in drag, drag culture, drag like drag oh shows. In lo- so in Hold Long on, Island. Look at my look at my chart. So you can see here the history of lip syncing. Yeah, uh, it's Why just can't I say that? pictures of poop. Oh, I love that chart. The evolution yeah. of poop. Turns out hasn't changed Ugh. that much. Okay. Um, You're having good bowels? Great bowels. Yeah. Girls have great poops. Do they? Yeah. I don't like to think about women pooping that much. I like the butt. Yeah? I'm a big butt guy. Well. So I always say girls don't poop, but then I know they do. Otherwise, they'd be all stuffed up. <laughs> I've been eating a lot of almonds lately. How's that been well, for I, your... Well, I'll tell you. It's just... It's, 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 uh, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We won't get into detail here. Okay. But. Well, Gwyneth Paltrow soaks her almonds before eating them because it makes it easier to digest. She soaks them mm-hmm. in water, like overnight, or cider. Ben, mm, rum. Behind Ben is just a wall of gallons of cider. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I did a little improv there. Um. And then I joy. I got into the improv group when I got yeah. to college, and then took UCB classes while I was at Tisch for acting. 
And you got your degree in acting? Yes. And that was a good experience? It was. And you learned a lot of stuff about acting? Sure. I was an actor for, I took acting for two years at the University of Wisconsin Stout. And it was a great university and I did so many drugs and I didn't know how to act. And I was a terrible actor and then I stopped doing the acting school because I found out they didn't actually have a major for it. Whoa. Yeah. I was just kind of taking all the classes and I was like, I'm an acting major. And they're like, you know, we don't have a major here for acting. And I was like, well, then I'm secondary education. And then, then I was a secondary education uh, student for a while. Turns out, don't care about kids. And no. then I transferred to the <laughs> University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. And I went on to become a sociologist and a political scientist. There you go. Yes. Wait, so you went to Stout, Stoutville UW Stout. It was uh, a town of 3,000, a university of about 5,000. So we were just such drunken assholes. Good. Oh, man. Uh, but wonderful. you went there intending to get a theater major, and then yeah. two years into it, you found out that they did not offer that? I was kind of knew they didn't, but I just kind of put that on the back burner. Sure, sure, sure. You sure. know, I just never really announced, and was like, I'm an actor. But in reality, I think, you know, it's just not. It wasn't, it wasn't happening for me. Yeah, anymore. you and I had absolutely opposite college experiences. Yeah. Because I went to NYU. Hmm. And it was not, I, I wanted that campus college experience a little bit. Right, right. I think I would have been a wet blanket if I had been at one like that. What do you mean by wet blanket? Like a uh, afraid. I was just oh. a, an afraid, embarrassed person <laughs> for yeah. like most of my life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Social anxiety. So much. Yeah. I was yeah. diagnosed with social anxiety disorder when I was um, 13 years old because what happened to me was when I was 12, I was five foot eight, and then when I was oh, no. uh, about 13, 14 years old, I was six foot seven. That's too tall. That must have hurt. It hurt. Were you the, in pain all the time? Every night, you could feel yourself growing. Yeah. It was because I grew like yeah a foot in about 16 months or so. And, Were your parents uh, just looking at you horrified? Yeah, they were like, when's he going to stop? Do you have siblings? I do. My oldest brother is six foot 11. That's too tall. And my old, and my middle brother is six four, so he's the tiny one in the what family. A, what a short and, asshole. Yeah, my oldest brother, it is so funny because he's, uh, he's, um, he's a cross-dresser, so he's always wearing these you know dresses that are supposed to be dresses, and on him they're always skirts, and then he just finally got heels, and I think they're just pro wrestling boots. But, you know, nonetheless, That's amazing. it ain't easy. It ain't easy being a six foot 11 person who likes to wear a dress, but he looks fine. I mean, he needs to shave his legs, but whatever. He's too tall. Six eleven. When he's he comes to this. Well, he's not too tall, Anna. He's the perfect height that no, God made him. He's not. Yes, he is. Was I feel like people who are that tall are it's either pressured into being basketball players, volleyball players or models. Was that ever? Did he was ever... A, he was a basketball player for a little while, but he had bad ankles. And his knees were just like, I can't support you anymore. And then his, they so they just gave away on him. He's Robert Waldlow. Yep, exactly. Waldo? Waldlow. Robert Waldlow. Robert Waldlow. Tallest man, world's tallest man. That's right. He was about eight foot six. Too tall. Too tall. Yeah, so that's when I got my social anxiety disorder, when I grew a foot in, uh, in less than two years. And everyone was just like looking at me like I'm an adult. And I'm like... I'm still, um, I still kind of like always pee myself a little bit. And they're like, uh, no, you're tall. You're in charge. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it took me a very, very long time to, uh, to come to terms with that. But yeah. anyway. Cause so, you're, so you're like a shy person, but people just assume that you're like outgoing, like type A boss man because you're very tall. Yeah. Which, you know, everyone has their different, um, personality types that are sort of attributed to them on first sight. Yeah. And I suppose for me, I definitely get like, you should just wear a suit all the time and be a CEO. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And I don't have any money for a suit. I have a Joseph A. Bank jacket. Honestly, I think you could just walk into a suit store and you'd walk out with a perfectly tailored suit on your body. Like people would just mm. start putting a suit on you. Yeah. And I, but I would I would only allow it if there was little birds that helped too. <laughs> you know? I want I want a little yeah. bird. Everything should just be more like a Disney film, you know? I agree. Little birds. I, so what was it? All of our mothers are dead. Oh, well, that yeah, is yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Wait, what can I ask you? What is the craziest thing that you've gotten for free or that you shouldn't have gotten at all uh based pretty much solely on your height um i don't know if i've gotten anything for free i think it's hurt a lot when it comes to um i had a quite a uh mental block going when it comes to acting and things like that because i am so tall that's why i got into podcasting and stuff i was explaining this yesterday um to a friend of mine because um that's why i love you know audio because you don't get the uh pre preconceived notions based on you know physical look and things like that sure 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 um so i don't know if i've gotten anything because i never played to it like i got, i got told to do a lot of things do girls like ask like can i take a picture with you like at a bar i had a girl take a picture of me on the subway 
Um, and I didn't know that she did. But then randomly, I went out to a bar that evening. This was about a month ago. And she's like, oh, my God. You'll never believe it. I took a picture of you on the subway today because I thought you were the world's tallest guy. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I'm sure it's like a blurry picture and I look like Bigfoot or something. Women are terrifying. Women are interesting people. I think I just think like very beautiful women say things that are horrifying. Well, they can get away with saying a lot more um, really awful things, you know. Yeah. For um, sure. But what was it? Um, so anyway, I don't know if I've gotten anything or not gotten things for being tall. I'm just tall. I mean, you know, we are who we are. So yeah. I'm not sure how the world would be different if I was uh, if I was shorter. I like to think I'd be on Broadway. But in reality, I'd probably not have any more or less talent than I do now. Yeah. So I'd probably just be doing a podcast, but I'd be shorter. Cool. Um, was there anything that happened uh, specifically in your life where you're just like, this is the trigger for my social anxiety? Because for me, it was, in- it was an incident at Hardee's. I was oh, in line no. at Hardee's and I was just like, I didn't, re- I wasn't aware of my size yet. And then people just kept on taunting me and they threw, they threw uh, balled up napkins at my head. Like you're a monster. Like I was a monster. That's terrible. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just trying to get a Frisco burger. I loved the Hardee's Frisco burger. What is that? Avocado? Mm, What's on it? Not avocado. What makes it Frisco? Rice-a-roni? Uh, <gasps> well, it's Wisconsin. So they just, I think what made it Frisco was the sourdough bread. Okay. And it was sourdough bread. It was an all beef patty. And they brag like, there's no dog in this at all. It's all <laughs> beef, you know? And everyone's like, wow. I can't believe they got all the beef. It's all beef. It's all, it's all oh, it's 50 different cows, but all beef. Mm. Bacon cheese um let's see what else was on there some yeah, sort so of so much red meat ingested oh, in I loved every yoga city yeah so that was an incident where i'm just like oh my god life is terrible i can yeah. never go outside again yeah um as a woman I, I mean i assume you guys get you get harassed a little bit more and things like that sure well i went through puberty early so i think How we had similar uh it's hard to say i think i was like 11 when yeah. i was like a so young stacked mm. full-grown woman but also like very unattractive and awkward um, like I looked like an adult, you never see kids yeah. who, you know, that they look like their parents. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Oh God. Like the kids that wear transitions lenses or like have rolly <laughs> backpacks. It's like, Oh, you premature adult. This is horrible to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just sort of like, it's just uncomfortable. And it must've been crazy because at one point you're just a, you're a child and then obviously you, you develop um, and uh, you've got boobs, and dudes are like boobs, and they're like, she's 11, but boobs. Yeah, and it, it must have been shit. Did you, I mean, it must have been like night and day. No, not re- I mean, like, I was a very, like, I have great parents, so I, like, always yeah. had a decent sense of myself, and, like, it was never going to be, like, I don't know. I, I didn't really, there was, I would stare at boys from afar. I was sort of the private predator uh, <laughs> on dudes, but, like, uh, no, I mean, I did look a little bit older, and there, there. I remember one time I was at a public pool with my mom, and this kid came over to me who was sixteen. And was like, "How old are you?" Blah, blah, and like, wanted to like pick me up and carry me around the water. <laughs> my mom had to be like, "Okay, we're going." Yeah. Um, so and you were like eleven date. years old. I was, yeah. I think, thirteen. Um, but I, yeah, I was already pretty shy, and like my older brother was like a f- effortless weirdo, just totally free. Yeah. Hair to the wind, happy as can be, being himself in public, and I was like. I felt like I had to be embarrassed for him. Right. Like, I Did was... you guys go to the same high school? Yes, but we had a high school where our ninth grade was separate from our high school, so we oh, were never okay. in the same building at the same time. But did you have to deal with his legacy? Was he so strange that you were like, oh, you're whatever his name is, sister? Oh, um, my God. A little, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Well, he was really good at jumping high and had really big <laughs> calves, so that would be Ooh. what people would think of. Like, That's good. Oh, yeah, Rich Dresden, he has huge calves. That's not a bad because thing. Because he would just run places. Like, his form of transportation was just to run. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to the comic book store and then take off sprinting. He's like a superhero. Yeah. That's exactly Like, the worst what... superhero. <laughs> I love my brother. Um, he's such a goof. Um, but we... Uh, so yeah, his so, outgoingness sort of put you in a position of awkwardness. And you yeah, were just like, like, oh my God. I had to feel embarrassed for him and for myself. But there was a time... I was already like a shy, quiet kid, but then... Uh, so like I was the private jokester. Yeah. Right. So uh, I was I, at the sleepaway camp that I went to. I think it was like twelve, and uh, they had instated this new buddy system where if you went uh, anywhere, you needed a buddy. And like great. it wasn't the woods, but it wasn't like woods woods. Like there was a highway right there, and like it was not that intense. But um, my counselor at the time, who I'd known for years, and I was friends with her younger sister, so I was like, she's my inside person. Like I can say stuff to her, and like we're cool. And she said, oh, could you walk with Ashley to the bathroom? And I was like, oh, yeah, just in case she gets kidnapped in broad daylight, right? Yeah. And nothing happened, and I walked with her. And later on, after 
like we had just finished lunch in our lodge, like the mess hall, basically. Yeah. And so people were still there, but they were kind of leaving. And this guy, this counselor, Bill, came up to me and was like, hey, you, get over here. Uh-oh. I was like, eh. And he said, I heard what you said to Laura about getting kidnapped in broad daylight. I want to let you know, I don't think that's funny. And I think you're a rude person. It was just oh like, God. gave me a, like a talking to. And yeah. as if I were the sort of, because he didn't know me. So I guess he thought that he was putting a shithead kid in her place. But I yeah. was just a shy person who had like whispered my truth, which was rude. <laughs> I shouldn't have, I should have been talked to anyway. But he like yeah. said it loud and publicly and like in a really angry way. Mm-hmm. And it just like. From then on, I like was depressed, <laughs> like forever. Yeah, there was a time where I had to like go to a psychiatrist because I, of this incident. Well, I uh, there was like the zero tolerance policy with suicide stuff. I like was talking to my guidance counselor a few yeah. years later, and she was like, Meh, and like hit a big red button, and then everyone came in. But that was like they were like, when did you start feeling this way? And it was like that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's. I think every every smart child has thoughts uh, that are self harming. Um, because they realize that everybody is, you know, the world is terrible and yep. it's a, you know, it's a place of inevitable doom at some point, but yep. that's what, uh, you know, always you have to hang in there cause it's also very fun and you get to drink rum with cider, which is super and... excited. I had to go to therapy all the time growing up and, um, I'll never forget. I went to a therapist one time and I was probably maybe 13, 14 years old and I have no idea what I said to this woman. Um, I was completely blacked out. I was on a lot of pharmaceutical drugs at the time because oh, they yeah? wanted to get me young. Um, and like antidepressants, yeah, antidepressants, social anxiety disorder, drugs, and ADHD medication, which, you know, in reality, I think it was just throw them, give me everything. Um, that's too much. Uh, it was way too much. And I think everyone in Stevens point, Wisconsin was just super boring. Um, but, uh, (laughs) I'll never forget it. She just started, she, she was like, I'll never see that boy again. And she was just crying. And I have no idea what I said to her. I probably just told her the truth about how terrible her life is and how this town sucks. Um, and then I never went back to that therapist. You anyway, that's that story. therapist cry? I have no idea what I said. I still don't. Um, that's, in, that's a good bragging thing. I guess so. I hope I wasn't too mean to her. I made a lot of teachers cry and stuff like that. What? I don't, were they just so amazed at how tall you were maybe? No, I was a shithead. I okay. really was in a lot of ways. Um, there was one teacher. She was a substitute. And her last name was uh, uh, Gerbil, I think. But she's like, you can call me Mrs. Gerbil. And uh, so that was kind of funny. And uh, I was being a shithead, and then she called me a fucking Polak bastard. She's like, sit down, you fucking Polak bastard. <laughs> Which, I, you know, in hindsight, good for her. I, I was a fucking Polak bastard. I'm German. Um, but, uh, so oh, my I, God. So, I want to make a children's show called Mrs. Gerbil's Classroom. And it's yeah. Just her <laughs> she was out children. Exactly. And she said everything right, and I was being a shithead. And I stood up, and I was like, she whispered it to me. And I was like, oh, my God, do you know what she just called me and I wrote it on the board and oh I, I got her in so much trouble and she started crying and I got sent down to the principal's office and then it turns out that her twin sister died the Sunday before oh and so God. she was like devastated and I felt so I mean I felt bad no after I found that out no. but I was like a shithead kid and then the substitute teacher came and everyone kind of knew me I was a troublemaker, but also like a little bit. I was I was lovable. I feel like you can um, either say the f word or call a child a light racial slur, <laughs> or call a child a bastard. Whatever you do, never go if into you a substance. All in there. That's yeah. a lot. Whatever. Wait, you, how old were you? I was in high school, so maybe sixteen, oh, probably that's fine. a sophomore. You probably or were so. a Polak bastard. Oh yeah, no, I mean she wasn't wrong. I think I was sitting in the middle of the aisle or something, doing some douchey thing. Um, that's such a funny. Insult. If you are a substitute teacher though, and your twin sibling just passed, just don't go to a classroom. You're never gonna be. It's never gonna be fun. This is really sort of about the educational system yeah. in general and how it uh, mistreats adjuncts. Um, it was awful. Fucking Pollock bastard. That's I did it. So I, funny. I didn't do it right. I was called a fucking Pollock bastard, and uh, you know, and I was being one. So I apologize so to you, funny. Mrs. Gerbil. Yeah. Mrs. Gerbil. Mrs. Gerbil. She thought she, she was preempting any sort of sass. Yeah, but then she didn't realize. Like sixteen-year-old kids are absolutely terrible. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, they're what adults. Do, what do you think? What's what's the? Um, I would never in a million years want to go back to high school. I. Had an, I just remembered when we were talking about like my ninth grade center at my high school, yeah. I remembered last night, I had like a stress dream about having to go back to high school. I'm yeah. having this recurring dream lately where I am an adult, but for some reason I live in my parents' house and that I 
some there's been some clerical error and that I as an adult <laughs> have to go to school and it's like Uh-oh. if I don't I get in some sort of trouble and like I'm just trying to explain to people but yeah. I showed up at the ninth grade center in my dream and was like hi I'm an adult but I have to be here and they were like you can't be here I was like I have to and it was uh, stress, a light stress dream. So I have uh, nightmares. No, yeah, there's I, no way I would go back. I had no idea who I was, and I was stressed out about having no self knowledge of right. my likes or dislikes and being so shy, and feeling so far away from all of my peers because they all seem so much more self actualized. Yeah, and self aware. So you hit puberty early, but you felt like emotionally uh, kind of a late bloomer. Yeah, just very non engaging with things. Yeah, sort of a observer. Yeah. Um, and too afraid to participate in most things. like Which fully. I think, is, you know, that's really, that's a very intelligent person's um, way to act, you know, right? Because, like, I was always just like, well, six, seven, better just, like, jump in and be the loudest. And the do- I was voted, um, in my high school, I was voted class clown. Whoa. The loudest and wow. the rowdiest. And I wanted, all I wanted to do was be class rebel. And I missed it by two <laughs> votes. And I'm that so upset. That should not be a category. Class rebel. You should rebel. not be encouraging children to meet that. Oh, was it like the kid who got arrested a lot? No, the guy who won it was named Tyler Kennedy. And he's is a, he dead now? No, he's not dead. <laughs> he's a very cool guy. He fishes a lot because he posts the pictures on Facebook. Oh, and uh, But he's a sweet dude. He was he was a heavy set man, and he was a drummer, and he had long hair, and he was quiet. And uh, he oh, was good. yeah yeah he was a very smart dude. Does he but have he, children now? I don't think so. I don't think so. I haven't seen. I've only seen pictures of him with fish. Um, so <laughs> those I are his children. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm a rebel. What do you think about this? Uh, I was my friend uh, Marcus, who I do uh, shows with on Cave Comedy Radio. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. his friend um, from Texas posted a picture recently of uh, of a child that they had, and it is a cleft palate. And uh, they put the baby picture on it, and the uh, the caption was like, "Sometimes God gives perfect gifts in imperfect packages." What do you think about people just immediately posting up pictures of their children, pretty much in utero? You know, just baby pictures. I feel like if I was a kid and I reached, you know, 12, 13 years old when you actually self, you know, uh, when you realize who you are, I would be livid with my parents if they put a picture of me doing something stupid when well, I was I a toddler. Well, I think it's going to be so universal at a certain point that it's not going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, it'll be the same way that our parents have photo albums full of us, whereas they have like maybe one or two pictures of themselves as babies, if they're lucky. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's true. But anyway, yeah, uh, I... Yeah, I think it's such a thing to be like, ugh, this fucking asshole only posts pictures of a fucking baby. And it, yeah. But then I realize, like, if someone's rude to me at a COSI, I post about that. <laughs> if there was a human, if I made a human life with my body, that would be the only, yeah, that would be the only yeah. thing. I, I made a person with my, think about that just for a second. If you, like, make an omelet that looks decent, you're going to take 12 <laughs> minutes. It's going to be cold by the time you're done Instagramming it. Right, you right. made a human being yeah. with your body, and it does all sorts of cool things, and your hormones make it make you even more obsessed with it. Like, absolutely. That would be the only, I would like to be like, oh, who cares? But, yeah. no, that's, I totally understand it now. Yeah. And you crush it with those social media things. Follow oh, Anna Dresden on Twitter. Nice. She is one of the world's best Twitterers. I am the world. Best Twitterer. Um, what do you, I get so nervous. I get panicked for Twitter. I'm beginning to become more comfortable with it. Oh, yeah. Did what, you, what makes you panic about it? Because you send it out there. And the thing is, I host a lot of things. Um, and I, you got I, a follower base. You got to please them. You got well. I mean, I host a lot of things because I like to control conversation because then I don't worry that my feelings are going to get hurt yes. when somebody. If you know, if I'm not in control, then it's just like, you know, I've done some podcasts. I did a show recently that's just a, it's a dreadful show, and um, they're like, "Show me your dick. You got to whip your dick out." I'm like, "I'm not whipping my dick out. Why would I possibly ever whip my dick out? It's on camera. There's no way." And you just feel like a situation where I mean, I took control of the situation, but I hate feeling. Like, um, I'm not, con- or at least um, in-, in some way guiding dialogue sure. in order to uh, make sure that my feelings don't get hurt. Yeah, you know what's w- really good for that? If you, like, if you like take out your dick. <laughs> I think you'll feel a lot better. Oh, my God. Take out your dick. Then everyone's going to know. Take out your dick. You're still in the dream. Mm-hmm. You're still in the mm-hmm. dream. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to graduate college. <laughs> not with this micro penis. Um, sad. The size of my penis is devastatingly small. Yay. Um, I don't know. Not really. But, um... <laughs> Uh, with Twitter, you send it out there, and then everyone's just like, fave, don't, like, I never, wh- I, okay, so anyway, so that's why I get nervous with Twitter, I'm over yeah. it now. What are your thoughts on serious Twitter? 
We have obviously the very the, the tragedy that happened this week in the, with the shooting in Charleston, which is all too common in this country. Everyone takes to Twitter and they're like, "This is my opinion on it," and this and this. Um, I almost feel like it's disrespectful because the, I don't treat Twitter with enough respect as a medium for communication to talk about such things, really. Yeah. So I tend to just avoid very um, serious subjects that I think have a little bit more weight to them and need a little bit more gravitas yeah. and a little bit more dialogue than 140 characters can can. Um, allow for. What are your thoughts on serious Twitter? Yeah, I was actually just talking about this this week with my therapist. Oh, good. That, like, um, I totally hear you on like feeling like Twitter is a place for um, all sorts of uh, silly, dumb things. Right. And like, yeah, that's definitely true. And I think most people, especially comedians, have this sense of it feels horrible to be phony. It feels horrible to say something that feels different from your normal voice. Right. Like, no one wants to feel like they're misrepresenting themselves publicly. So changing voices on your Twitter feed, I definitely understand. It feels uncomfortable. Um, but I'll also say that Twitter was the reason I knew about the shooting. And um, I think it's a really great leveler. I think it is a great way to hear voices that are obscured in other media. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I've, for the past few years, I've just been trying to, because I did grow up in a town that was entirely white, and I'm looking right. at my own friend circle, and it's like pretty blinding. Right. Um, and it's, uh, so I've just been trying to listen to more uh, black voices and yeah. just in general, not white dudes. Um, not, not that I'm unfollowing, but just like making a point of incorporating um, people who are, knowledgeable about different things in yeah. all different sectors but especially like um organizers and social justice people right, right, um, right. just to listen and i yeah i um what i do when stuff like that happens is to retweet people like yeah whatever the community is just boost signal boost for them uh instead of writing my own like can't believe it you know because <laughs> that you're right it does feel weird to be like and now uh, my last tweet was about me right. being on Jeopardy, joking about killing all men. But now I'm going to come in here and be like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It exactly. just it feels self-important. I think is what you're reacting to. Like, who right. am I to say something about this unbelievably huge, horrible thing that happened? Right, right, um, right, right, right. Yeah. So what I do is signal boost, and it is like, I definitely have worried that people are going to look at it and be like, who the fuck does she think she is? Oh, she's so important. Like, oh. but that's for me is kind of like. I think Twitter is also an amazing tool of communication and mixing people up and yeah. introducing yourself to voices, not even racially, but just like people from all over the place. I have yeah. this teenager who lives in Scotland who's like my mega fan and she's been following me for years. Mm -hmm. um, like I never, there's no way I would have, it's like having thousands of pen pals and right. it takes no effort. You can just read their letters and they keep sending them regardless of whether or not you send them back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Absolutely. that's what I like about that. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that that's a good point. You definitely get exposed to different voices and you get to hear different opinions. I think oftentimes you, the the one thing about social media is that I think a lot of times negativity can tend to uh, oh, reign God. supreme, yes. uh, which is which is very unfortunate. And um, It's so easy to feel worse after you go online, right? I, I deleted my Facebook app, ladies and gentlemen. <gasps> oh, your is, app? Uh, my Facebook app. That's <laughs> <laughs> Facebook that's no. so smart, though. Oh my God. Because what happened was, I was just finding myself looking at it too much, and everybody, and their, and uh, literally their mother, have an opinion about very serious things, and they just flippantly say random stuff. And uh, there is, I think, a misconception that dialogue is a one-way street, and it becomes more um, like you're saying. I. I wanted to like tweet something about Charleston, but not about Charleston, just about like, I hope everyone got the faves, the retweets and the followers for their last Charleston tweet about how, you know, it's just, yeah. there's something so disingenuous about it because then you also have people, you know, and also check out my blog on it, you know, check out my, yeah. but I mean, at the same time, I, I'm a bit hypocritical because, you know, I do so many bit different podcasts and I'll be talking about uh, that event tomorrow and I'll blast it out, you know, yeah. so um, I understand how. That works, but it's definitely a it's definitely a new form of uh, of ways to get information, and I think it's a little bit dangerous because everything is just opinion, and it's very difficult. They're, the ethics of journalism are completely gone. It's just exhausting. There's a lot more people now, and it's yeah. a lot more crosstalk, and 
this perspective and this and now my perspective on that perspective and now my yeah. perspective on that perspective on that perspective and my perspective on perspectives in general yeah. and my perspective on that perspective about perspectives in general mm. and then my perspective about why aren't we talking about this perspective right right like, right it's not to say that any of that shouldn't be talked about yeah or any of it is wrong or illegitimate. It's just exhausting Yeah. to look at all of it. I mean, like you were saying, as far as, you know, uh, you um, wanting to be exposed to, like, black voices and things like that, for me, I find it very interesting when it comes to a lot of different feminist talk and uh, certainly conversations about women. Um, I just, for our purposes, will say comedy, um, which is, like, that is not the biggest issue dealing with women uh, right now. There's, like, so many. But yeah. obviously, because we, we are in entertainment yeah. and we do comedy, that's a, it's, it's a very... Um, common conversation. Do you feel as if uh, Twitter has helped uh, advance uh, women when it comes to uh, the issues that they've been facing to kind of expose those? Totally. I mean, well, even women in comedy, right? Like, look at some of the biggest people on Twitter. Right. I didn't even realize it, but Twitter is such an amazing place for women who, like, wouldn't get a second glance in real life. Not, like, and about what? physical stuff, but it's yeah, like, yeah. there are women I know who are, like, trying to get booked on shows and then you look at their Twitter profile and they have like 30,000 followers and you're like right. this is a medium that really doesn't give a shit about you know who you are or what you represent it doesn't hurt to have an avatar if you're a hot girl but like for sure yeah. but that's I mean it doesn't even matter people are just looking for stuff that's funny or that they identify with and I think it yeah. has been great for getting women more jobs and stuff like in comedy I mean people just get booked writing jobs right off of their Twitter account uh, yeah I'm friends with the guys who started the modern Seinfeld account and oh, both nice. of their lives changed. You That's know? crazy. Yeah. So I've totally seen what. And I had yeah. a Tumblr that went viral and now I have a book deal, which is oh, crazy awesome. upside down world. But What's like, the name of the book? Do it's you... uh, How May We Hate You. It's about working in a hotel. I love it. Thank you. That's great. It's a bun. When's um, that going to be out? That, uh, next April. Next We're April. done writing it, though. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. How may we hate you? And so it's all about uh, the life in the hotel game? Yeah, so it'll be, uh, so the blog itself is transcripts of just dumb shit that people have said to us. Okay. And like our conversations. Um, but the book is going to be like a fake guidebook for New York. Or like a fake, uh, you know, like when you check into a hotel and there's a little binder on your bedside table. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like that. So it'll be like oh, travel so tips fun. and like secrets and did you know? Uh, it's a little bit like America the Book, the Daily Show's book. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Do you want to tell a story about what was the craziest thing? Did you do? Um, were you? What was your position in the in the hotel? I was a concierge. Okay, so you had to serve people, right? Um, like yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I wasn't a real concierge. Yeah. Like my dad, his favorite joke is non-cierge. That's. <laughs> Super hilarious. Um, Funny Long Island dad joke. Super hilarious. He's great. I keep trying to get him to do one of my shows, but he keeps backing out. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, there are these companies that'll just hire concierges to sell products that they inventory and then they oh, get okay. a cut. So it's like if you go into a holiday and you're like, why does this holiday inn have a concierge? It's like they're there. Like all their products that they would sell to you is making someone else money. Yeah. So. Did you I was like that person. So was it? Uh, it was a service industry, though, right? Yeah, sort yeah, of? yeah. So I, yeah, so I was. What selling did you learn about people? And... What was the thing? Because when I first got to the city, um, I had to become a bouncer because I'm huge, and that was the only job I could oh, get. Yeah. I was a bar back, and I was a bouncer. I was a bouncer at cabin uh, in the East what? Village that has since closed. You're kidding me. I was, yeah, for two years. That's, I got fired. Is that how you got into comedy? No, I wanted to do comedy forever. Um, but that's how I got to stay in New York for two years. Wow. Um, I was actually there when Chesley Calloway, who was the producer of that show, and Sean Patton, who was a hey. producer and comedian as well, uh, when they went in and uh, asked the owner if they could do a show there. Uh, for those that don't know, and you probably don't, Cabin was one of the best shows in New York City for about five years. Um, it's called uh, Comedy is a Second Language. Anyway, I was a bouncer and they're there. And they're now across the street at Lit Lounge. At Lit Lounge, yes, which is a little bit more expensive, but that's okay. But that's okay. Um, I was, as a... As a bouncer, I'll never... It was the first time I had to experience people in, in that role, right? And so a lot of NYU kids would come through, and they were just like total dickheads. And I had no idea why, you know? And I, I just saw a different side of people's personalities. Yeah. So in the service industry, I would assume that you must have had one idea of people going in, and then by the time you were done with your, uh, with your job there, I mean, how did your perception of people change? I think the biggest thing that changed was my understanding of how I perceive people. Like, I understood more about myself in terms of how I feel about others. 
which is yeah, like, yeah. don't talk to me, I hate you. <laughs> like, so it I wasn't like, oh, don't... people are so much better than I thought they were. It sort of validated all of your negative thoughts towards humanity. Um, so I, I'm having a hard time describing it, but I'll say like uh, I, I discovered that people from all over the world, from all different classes and like ev- like regardless of who you were, pretty much everybody wanted this ask the same few questions. Right. What's the question? Which was depressing. Ask? Where's the bathroom? Mm. Can I leave my bags here? Our flight like our flight is at this time, but we have to check out at noon. Would it be okay if we left our bag? Like I've yeah. heard that sentence said by thousands of different accents. And it's just yeah. it sort of depressed me because it was like we're all just animals. We're all little algorithms. We all want mm-hmm. the same things. I'm so bored. Everyone was like, oh, you must like, it's like a crazy job. Like no day is ever the same. And it's yeah. like, yeah, there's stuff that come up where people are like, do you have a circle saw I can borrow? But like, that's like one <laughs> that's when blip. That's when Robert Durst uh, was checking in. Yeah, they were like, absolutely, Mr. Durst. He's nice. I like his eyes. Oh, Beverly wrong. Yeah, I need a, I need a circle saw. <laughs> do you have eyes. a circle saw I can borrow? Kind of eyes. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, like, obviously there'll be, like, crazy little blips, but most of your 12-hour days were, like, answering the same questions over and yeah. over. And I, it just made me depressed for so some what's reason. So the, what's the motivation of the book? What's the final, um, what are people going to get out of it as far as, like, they're going to have a window of, of into the life of a concierge? Um, basically, our, our takeaway is um, uh, do all your planning in advance so you don't ever have to talk to a concierge. Oh, perfect. It's sort of like how to better use us. Um, but most of it is like people are insane, we're insane, be nice to people. I think the biggest takeaway is like understand that everybody's a person, even if their yes. job is to be this kind automaton. They're like secretly behind that hating you. Yes, absolutely. And if you are if you're out there and you're dating somebody and you're a guy or you're a gal and you're on a date and that person that you're with is rude to a waiter, Ooh. waitress, or any sort of people in the public service industry, or they kick a dog or a cat. You can't talk to them ever again. Yeah. Because that's really the sign of uh, who a person truly is. When people think they can get away with being a dick and they do, then they are just a total dick. And they'll do they'll treat you that same way as oh, soon yeah. as they want to. There yeah, there's like even like there's a like there are friends that I uh don't really hang out with anymore after oh, seeing yeah. how they talk to waiters. Oh, I would yeah, the other Or like a, like if a girl's like, Oh my god, we should hang out, let's get lunch and we do and then like I see her be rude to like our teenage waitress. Who works for obviously a shitty restaurant that doesn't stock enough beer? You like you think this fourteen year old's ordering beer for this restaurant? Why were you rude to her? Right, right, like, right. Like okay, right. Um, yeah, it was so great to hang out with you. I'm so busy right now. Please change yourself. Um, yeah. But I also I'll say on the flip side I uh, have walk uh, sidewalk rage. Like I, sidewalk yeah, rage. Yeah, I don't shove people, but I do um, not appreciate bad drivers when it comes to walking. Oh sure. So um, but I had some I like was kind of like. Elbowing, pat- not like making contact with their body, but just like, <laughs> like yeah. definitely popping their bubble, trying to get around them. And then I saw on the other side of that somebody that I knew, and they were like, "Hey!" And like they clearly just seen me be like, <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, I have poor character. <laughs> I'm a bad person." Well, I've I been think caught. no, that's one of the charms of New York is screaming uh, excessive profanities at people who are just kind of casually in your way because they have no idea that you're behind them. Well. In other places, in most places, yeah. being on the sidewalk uh, is not something you do very often. Right. And if you are there, it's for strolling. It's and for there's strolling. not a lot of other people. It's for but moving. This is it's not a park. This is uh, you're standing in the middle of a road basically. Get going. Get going, gotta people. Gotta uh, move. and I thought leaving I'm not at the job anymore and I thought leaving it would make me a lot more patient and tolerant with uh, yeah. Taurus, but I've actually gotten worse. Okay. Because I feel like I shouldn't have to look at you anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Anna. Thank you for having Stay me. Stay out of her way. Stay out of my way. If you're in New York City and you see Anna Dresden coming, get the fuck out of her way. Or I'll call you a fucking Pollock bastard. Oh, my God. That's my dream. Mm. I sort of want to say that. You can call it. You can say You can make fun of the Polish all you want. You know? Yeah. That's one of the fun things about the Polish. I am Polish, so I can say that. Oh, absolutely. You can make fun of the Irish. Mm-hmm. You can make fun of any, any other white races you can make fun of. Are we really going to call Polish and Irish people white? No. I mean, really. No, let's not get crazy. I mean, come on. That's We're just right. letting everybody in? Jesus. <laughs> Good point, Anna. Um, so, like we discussed earlier with Twitter, follow Anna Dresden on follow Twitter. Me. I believe it's just at Anna Dresden. Yeah, and if you follow me on Twitter because of this podcast, tweet me a picture of your 
um, of your bathroom sink. Ooh, kind of exciting. You can tell a lot about a person through their bathroom sink. Mm -hmm. I don't have one. Um, all cool. right. Mike Coscarelli. Find him on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli. Listen to his great podcast, Social Villains. And, of course, check out Cave Comedy Radio's Abe Lincoln's Top At Last Podcast on the left and the round table of gentlemen. I'm a Ben Kissel on Twitter, so tweet at me and be like, hey, how are you? And I'll say, I'm good. How are you? Um, which is kind of exciting. And... Uh, I think that is pretty much it. Oh, also, Anna and I do a great little web series for a thing called Internet Action Force. Pew, pew. And it's for the New York Post, which is owned by Fox News. Mm -hmm. Kind of exciting. It's great. Um, and uh, so check those out on IAF.com. Yeah. They're called The Americans, and Anna's amazingly humorous and funny and talented and beautiful. And then I'm a monster. So that's kind of fun. We do that with a girl named Les Leslie Goshko. Mm -hmm. and also, She's a Polak. Is she? Probably. Goshko. Yeah. And uh, on July 6th, I'll be doing Fox News' Red Eye at 3 o'clock in the morning. Pew, pew, pew. That's my time to shine on television. 3 a.m., right before the sun comes up. So check that out. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.